2014. This is the Hermetic Hour. I'm your host, Bo Cronion, and tonight we present a discussion on the 20th path of the Tree of Life. This is the path that leads from Tipereth to Hesed. Hume is aptly attributed to the astrological sign Virgo, the Hebrew letter Yod, and the tarot trump, the Hermit. Again, our texts will be Gareth Knight's Practical Guide to Kabbalistic Symbolism and John Michael Greer's Paths of Wisdom and also Elena Blavatsky's The Secret Doctrine. This particular path is concerned with the issues of personality and individuality in relation to the spiritual ideal of dissolving the ego. In this regard, his said represents the Garden of Eden, and the hermit travels the lonely road to recover his or her virgin state of selfless innocence. The alternative to this, according to Gareth Knight, is a return to Lemurian black magic, an option which we will also examine for its symbolic significance. So, if you want a journey beyond the sun, then join us and we will tread the 20th path. Now, this, of course, is in our system. In our system, this is this is a boat working, and um, that means that, that we would um, we would get in Kusor's boat, and uh, we get in Kusor's boat, uh, and then we would fly up to Tipereth, and then we would um, disembark at Tipereth, and then we would walk the path over to his head. Um, that's uh, that way. We don't have to. Uh, you know, we don't have to skip over paths. We have a way of getting her. Um, now, the 20th path, if you recall, we already approached, uh, we already approached the set coming up from uh, that spot. And uh, so we, uh, you're aware that that we prefer, we prefer to um, make the holy city of Hesed, uh, you have several choices in what you can use for Holy City there. Uh, the choice that we usually make is Atlantis, uh, but that's, you know, that's just not... You, you could also have, if you were more Christian, you could have a New Jerusalem, you could have... Uh, you could have Hesed could be um, uh, the Petalmund, uh, city of Petalmund in the Parseval, you could have if you're uh, really darn Morris Christian, you could have it the Mount of Abiagnus. You could uh, you could do that. Uh, some some sort of ideal paradise or ideal holy city. Uh, if you were a Buddhist, of course, uh, Shambhala would be a, would be good to to, be, to put in his head. And uh, before we get into this path between Tipperet and Hesed, it's a good idea to understand what each of these spheres represents so you can understand what the purpose of the path from Tipperuth to Hesed is. And so Hesed, coming down from the emanations from Kether and, and Bina, I mean, the Hokman, Bina, and, 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 uh, and, uh, and on to Hesed, is the first manifestation in what we call the Azura dimension, the uh, the formative dimension, is that first manifestation and their evolutionary pattern, which of course we are, this would uh, mean that Hesed would be the ideal. The Garden of Eden is, is a, if you're going to be a, a fundamental uh, biblical orientation. The Garden of Eden is very good in this respect, in evolutionary respect. In that respect, uh, Hermanus Bosch's uh, Garden of Earthly Delights triptych would certainly fit. 
And that's a good one to would be a good one to use. Um, so the idea here being that this is this ideal, virtually perfect state uh, for the innocent human being, the, the the template, as it were. Either that to be achieved by working your way up, or that to be or originating in the in the formative world on the way down. And Kipparev, down in the middle, and uh, somewhat below uh, said, obviously, Tipperath is the sphere of uh, transformation, the sphere of, of beauty, transformation, uh, um, and uh, spiritual enlightenment, hopefully, and uh, sphere of sacrifice. And now we have to look at these these spheres, both in the manner of descent and in the manner of climbing back up. We do both, both in our in our continuing meditations in magic and up through the, the grades of the magical initiation systems. And um, we have in the occult system, the magician's system, the idea of the lightning flash going down through the the spears to the bottom, and then the path of the snake going back up, touching each of the paths. Now, I want to make something very clear about that right now that will be important later as we get into this, that the path of the snake is, in a sense, related to the snake in the Garden of Eden. And, of course, that's, that snake is, uh, as you recall, that was, that was the, the great tempter and whatever, and he was going to, uh, he was going to uh, disabuse Adam and Eve of their innocence, which he did. So, uh, in <laughs> the strange aspect of this is the serpent of wisdom, that's what it's called, as it winds its way up the, the, the tree, we acquire all this wisdom as we go up, this knowledge and wisdom, and then we are, if the biblical analogy is to be followed, we're supposed to lose it. And you recall I, I discussed the the symbolism of the arch fool at the bottom of the tree and the pure fool at the top of the tree, returning to childlike innocence, after enlightenment and, and acquiring all this wisdom and all this experience in order to return to childlike innocence. Well, that's a paradox, and by the time we get done with this evening, we're going to unwind that paradox, and I hope, I hope we're going to free some of you from some of the misconceptions you've had about, about uh, how to... About <laughs> the right-hand path and the left-hand path and the black magic and all the rest of this, 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 um, uh, these misconceptions you have about about magic. I'm trying to trying to, uh, to 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 resolve them because I think the twentieth path, the, the path of the hermit on the way from Tipperath to to Hassan, is the place to do that. I think it really is the place to do that. No, it's back up a little bit here and say the, uh, I'm going to go to um, John Michael Greer's Paths of Wisdom here for the basic uh, the basic correspondences to the path. Now the letter of the path is, that's the fist or, or the hand. Yod uh, is, is a little, it looks like a little uh, flame, a little, little the smallest of the Hebrew letters. And it's like a little flame or a little apostrophe or something or other does uh, uh, and little fiery yodes are used in, uh, quite a bit as in, in tarot symbolism. Uh, and yod is the letter. The name of God is Adonai. The astrological correspondence is Virgo, the Virgin. And the tarot trump is the Hermit. The esoteric title is Magus of the Voice of Light, Prophet of the Gods. That's very apt. And the path text. And this is from, uh, from the Zohar. 
The 20th path is the intelligence of will and is so-called because it is the means of preparation of all and each created being. And by this intelligence, the existence of the primordial wisdom becomes known. Uh, maybe from the Syrian, from a later version of the Syrian Zera as well as the Zohar. Now, the mythological principle is the wilderness journey. The experiences of the path, according to what uh, John has here, is solitude, journeying through deserts and wild places, visions of the creation of the world, temptation by hostile or demonic entities. Entities on the path are birds and tempting spirits. The magical image is an arch of yellowish green bearing the letter Yod in brilliant white on its keystone. The door and the arch bears the image of the, of the tarot trump. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of these correspondences as they relate to the path. Um, Yod, uh, and by the way, the Phoenician letter Yod looks something like a, like a German version of the letter Z. Um, and but but regardless of that, the Phoenician um, the meaning of the Phoenician letter is the same, exactly is the same as the meaning of the Hebrew letter, and uh, it's, and the value is the same, um, and that's both Davies and uh, Myriad both agree on that, and the um, the uh, entire you know. The, it's interesting in the Hebrew alphabet, which um, we use for reference, but we, we primarily use Phoenician. But but the Hebrew alphabet, uh, which we use for reference, can't, the Hebrew alphabet, the entire alphabet can be constructed out of the letter Yod. You can turn it, you can stretch it, you can you can do it. But 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 that particular stroke with the pen or the brush that you use to, to make a yod, you can create the whole Hebrew alphabet out of it. It uh, represents this, uh, it, it, by the way, the number equivalent is 10. And you remember the tetragrammaton in, the, in the, uh, uh, Hebrew Kabbalah is uh, yod heh Wali, which is 10565. That adds to 26, by the way. And yod is the 10th letter, and it is held to symbolize the 10 spheres. It's also a seed from which um, which trees are said to grow. Now, um, a little note down here that says, uh, to quote this uh, particular paragraph from John Greer's book, the second place where the letter shows up in Kabbalistic tradition is at once more familiar and more problematical. Yo is the first letter of the Tetragrammaton, the primary creative name YHBH, and in the context of this name, Yod is the first spark of energy that gets the whole process of creation underway and corresponds to the element of fire, the father, as similar concepts. And we'll, as we will see shortly, the older letter Yod's own symbolism differs sharply. In a number of places, in fact, Yod's role on its own terms and its role in the Tetragrammaton are exact opposites. This divergence is no accident, but rather a deliberate paradox. It can be resolved by considering the Tetragrammaton in the context of other names of God used in the Kabbalah. The Tetragrammaton may be the most important of the divine names in practical terms, as for the Jewish Kabbalah, but it's, it's neither the first in the creative process nor the highest on the tree of life. The name A. H-I-H, about which very little has been said so far, holds both these honors. Now, I quoted that for a very specific reason. You recall back when we did the the two-part lecture on the great I am, that's the great I am. That's I am that which I am. Supposedly, that's what when Moses asked um, asked God what he would what he should be called. But I had, well, how am I going to? Who who shall I tell the people I have spoken with and whatever? And God said, I am that which I am. All right. Of course, you can interpret that as 
what Popeye said, you know, like, I'm going to yum and it's all going to yum. And if that's true, then you better eat spinach because that's a sacred food. You know, uh, but anyway, um, well, Joker, but uh, but if this had, as John is pointing out here in this in this paragraph, uh, this really is the ultimate secret name of God. And if it had been, if this had been the the sacred name of God, then then we wouldn't have bothered to to uh, we would have we would have adopted it also uh, in the uh, in our version of the Hermetic Kabbalah. But it wasn't. And they didn't paste one of the names. And by the way, Moses certainly didn't come up with this. Uh, this was probably uh, one of the scholars in Ezra's time under the influence of the Zoroastrians and uh, during the captivity, he probably came up with it. Uh, but this is a much more profound tetragrammaton in that sense than YHVH. But... Of course, we use the three mother letters and, and Saturn as Tetragrammaton, which is more creative, by the way. Uh, now, to continue with our discussion, however, in the 20th path, it's also attributed to the um, astrological sign Virgo. Now, that's the Virgin, of course, and it's kind of hard to imagine the the old hermit is a virgin, but then virgin does not necessarily mean, in this sense, that virgin doesn't necessarily mean it has to be female, and doesn't necessarily mean it has to be young. Believe it or not, I've, I've run into a few 20, 40-year-old virgin men, you know, and all that, and, uh, and you know, if, uh, if you'll... And, you know, some of them want to be. I mean, it's it, it, just unfortunate. It's just that they want to be. They... they so, uh, but really, uh, the the virgin aspect of this is not just that you should <laughs> that you should be celibate, you know, and whatever. That's not the meaning of it. The meaning, the reason why the the path is attributed to to Virgo is because the path represents an upward return toward innocence. That's that's why that's why it's attributed to the Virgin, and also the path is very much uh, attributed to individuality and loneliness. And uh, this individuality, on the one hand, and and also a a disillusion of the ego in another sense, and that is the paradox that we really, really need to deal with. And that is the paradox that almost no magician that I know of has ever been able to, to, fully, to fully explain and, and justify the magical approach and this, this biblical mystical approach. I say biblical Christian mystical approach. The two just don't seem to go together. And the matter of fact is that if you take each one of these particular uh, ideas or ideals or goals, uh, and you you, you 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 take the the magician's goal is to become more than human, to become godlike, to become uh, to become well, if you want to use the word powerful, yes, powerful in a in a, in a positive sense, I hope, but uh, to to acquire Tremendous power, self-power, power over the self, uh, and not necessarily power over other people. It's it's self-power. The magician perfects him or herself, and therefore, to the magician, individuality and 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 the self is tremendously important. And then, but on the other hand, we are continually told and and and. and and cozened into the idea that we have to destroy the self. Oh, we have to eliminate the ego. We have to dissolve it. We have to be humble. We have to be. We have to deface ourselves. We have to be the. the uh, we have to give everything we have to the poor, and then oh, and on and on and on and on and on. And uh, uh, this isn't just Christianity. It's also Buddhism does this too. Uh, and and eventually. 
So by the time we've we've successfully done all of this, we don't have any individuality left. And uh, we so I have to. I feel like if I can do one thing tonight in this discussing this path, if I can do one thing to straighten this out, so where you can you can be a magician. Still be at least a Rosicrucian. You may not have to, you may not be able to be a thoroughgoing Christian, but, but you can at least be a Rosicrucian. And you can at least be, uh, believe in, in, in charity and, in, and, in, and like we said, comforting the fallen and being, being a good person and seeing good in other people and having as much respect for the God, for the, the, the inherent God in everybody as you have in yourself. And still, be proud of yourself and 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 want to be successful and be a, a, a and, and and perfect your individuality. This a magician has to do this, and yet at the same time we are constantly being told, even by you know, the battle will be in Vesper at night, and oh, we have to get rid of the ego. Oh no. Oh, you get rid of the ego. What do you got? You know, if you got rid of the ego, that'd be that'd be the end of the journey, right there. That's it. Now maybe that is. If that's what you want. But if that's what you want, then you shouldn't be a magician. Then you have no you have no business following the path of the serpent of wisdom. You should go and be a mystic, and you know, just go straight up the middle pillar and don't worry about about uh, learning things and accomplishing things and, and doing uh, the work and, and, and perfecting your abilities and all of that. You don't worry about any of that. Just, just meditate and, and pray and meditate and, and, and do good works and, and, and give, every, give everything you have away to the poor and, and all of that and, then, and, and, and be a mystic. That's fine. If you want to do that, I'm more power to you. Go ahead. That's fine if that's what you want. But magicians, the very idea, the way magicians uh, perfect themselves, the, the, the knowledge and the wisdom that they, that they very meticulously work on and all of the things that they do is not compatible with this. Okay? Now, so you say, okay, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm a thelemite. Well, no, I'm not a thelemite. Well, I'm not saying I have anything against Thelemites either. Some of my best friends are Thelemites. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but uh, but you don't have to spit in the face of of of, of Jesus and and continue to rebel against everything to accomplish this. You don't. You can have respect for other people's religions. You can have respect for a tremendous respect. For Jesus's wisdom and 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 all of this, you can you can be a good person. You can you can you can do good works and help the poor and all of the rest of business. But at the same time, strengthen yourself. That's the key. That's the key, and that's what is so difficult to get across. And that's that, to my way of thinking, is the message of this path: is to is to find a a, a, a middle ground between both of these. And I'm going to explain this in another way. And um, we get around to this uh, business of Lemurian uh, uh, black magic that Basil will be talking about. Uh, and Basil, Basil's still out there. Well, maybe Basil will be listening to this, or he'll tell him to. But uh, so we'll get the. We'll, we'll be reading a section from. Uh, from the secret doctrine about Lemurian white magic in a little bit. Very fascinating section. And by the way, ever since K. Paul Johnson um, revealed who the Master Muria really was and why why they presented his material the way they did, ever since then I've had a much, much more respect for Helena Blavatsky. There's a lot of really, really good stuff. That, that, that she did. And I might have been wrong on a few things, like the eighth sphere is not evil. <laughs> she just didn't want anybody going to the eighth sphere. She wanted to be the only. She wanted to be the only magician in the Theosophical Society. That's why she didn't want you going to the eighth sphere. But um, other than that, you know, I mean, and a few other things. That, um, well, that's huge. Oh boy, what a genius! Anyway, um, what I wanted to, to try to, to get at here 
is this razor's edge that we walk between so-called good and evil, so-called light and darkness, ego and no non-ego, uh, self versus uh, versus object, uh, absorption into the into the Godhead, all of that. That the key to that is this, and this. I think we we can bear out with the quote from Blavatsky, which we'll get to, and everything else. Uh, What this all amounts to, evolution. Evolution on a grand scale, macrocosmic and microcosmic evolution. Evolution in, in a number of different scales. And what happens is, and this is spiritual evolution I'm talking about, and what happens is, is that that the spirit comes down, the pure spirit, like the sparks from the great father God, if you're into Gnosticism, the spirit comes down and it begins to, it begins to acquire matter. And it begins to infuse itself in matter and becomes more and more um, in, in, locked into matter and the responses of matter and, of course, the pleasures of matter. This is why in the Kabbalah we call Malkuth the kingdom. It's where things are done. Yeah. It's, it's, according to pure Kabbalistic doctrine, Malkuth is a very important place. Now, you know, Christian mystics and Gnostics, and uh, they, they don't think it is. They think, oh, well, we, this world's horrible. This world, oh, gosh, that, can, we can't wait to get to heaven, you know, and all that. Uh, but it's that's not that's not uh, that's not cabalistic, and it's certainly not hermetic. Now, in the biblical term, and this somewhat relates to the Gnostic philosophy, the more you, the more the spirit gets into matter, the worse and the more awful and the more miserable things get, and and there is actually this is this is kind of a big lie in a way, at least it is from the perspective of the person who enjoys life. If you are a person who enjoys life and you think that this world is, in spite of some of the pollution we've created and one thing or another, is this world's a pretty darn nice place. And you can't really imagine uh, another planet that's actually prettier than some of the, or nicer than some of the, some of the very nice places on this planet then, yeah, then, then matter's not evil. Matter's not evil. And this is why hermetic philosophy differs in this respect from biblical philosophy. In hermetic philosophy, the fall, uh, the fall of humankind is represented as man's becoming enamored of his reflection in the mirror of matter. He falls in love with his reflection in the mirror of matter. In other words, he wants to be a material being so he can do, so he can feel, so he can accomplish. All right? Now, if you take that that concept and you apply it to the legend of the fallen angels, it reads somewhat differently it reads the same, but it reads differently in its intent. Fallen angels, you remember the, our angels in the Book of Enoch, uh, uh, Samyaza and the 200 that came down on the top of Mount Hermon. And by the way, that's in Phoenicia. That's in Lebanon. That's not in Israel. And Enoch was was Phoenician, not, not uh, Israelite. Um, and this these fallen angels, they wanted to enjoy becoming physical. They wanted to do. They wanted to accomplish. They wanted to they wanted to have the pleasure and the and the and the satisfaction of of being physical beings. That's what's meant by the by the the biblical uh, or the in the book of Enoch or yeah, it's also in the Bible, about how they lusted after the daughters of men. Now they didn't lust after the daughters of men. They lusted after lust. <laughs> you know, I mean, they wanted to be. They wanted to enjoy. They, they wanted to experience. They wanted to. They wanted to, to live. Yeah, gosh, bad, isn't it? Well, no, it isn't. But, however, here's the catch. 
The catch is that if you keep, you reach a certain point where you have devolved down to, if you want to use that term, devolving, which we which we'll use because it, it fits. If you devolve down to the point where you are now inhabiting a physical body and you're having and you're accomplishing things, you're doing things, and all, all that kind of stuff, then stop and don't start devolving. Don't don't continue to devolve. There's a certain point at which you've got to stop. You got to say, okay, I've devolved enough. Now I'm going to enjoy and I accomplish, and and I want to start evolving back. I'm not going to keep devolving because if I keep devolving, I'm going to become completely enamored with the pleasures of the flesh, and I'm going to have cirrhosis of the liver, and I'm going to have good venereal disease, and I'm going to have and I'm going to and I'm going to wallow around and 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 weigh 300 pounds and die of a heart attack before I'm before I'm 45 years old. You don't want to keep devolving. Not only that, if I keep devolving, I'm going to lose my my my. I'm going to lose my sense of honor. I'm going to lose my sense of, uh, of dignity. I'm going to lose my my my. I'm going to lose my spiritual qualities if I continue to. The more gross I get, the worse it's going to be. That's that's that. By the way, and that is the whole reason for biblical morality. When when you get right down to it, but they cover it up. And, and all this, well, God says don't do that. Well, God doesn't say don't do that. It's just a natural thing. If you keep devolving, it, this is what's going to happen. So, you know, uh, you know, eat a ham sandwich, but for heaven's sake, make sure the pig is, is, is sanitary. You know, I mean, it, it, it's just a, um, you don't want to continue to devolve. What you want to do is, you, 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 as you're born, as a human being, you want to try try to, to move back toward the spirit, because that's the healthier way. It's going to take you, gosh, knows, well, depending upon where you are on the cycle of rebirth, it's going to take you many, many incarnations to, to, to evolve all the way up to where you're ready to become a spiritual being again, just a spiritual being. But you don't, I don't think, unless you're really miserable, unless this world is really a horrible place for you, I don't think that it is necessarily uh, your duty to try to to dissolve your ego and your and yourself and your and your your and to take to take your great your great I am and 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 you know just throw it out there and say well my great I am doesn't really matter I'm just going to be everybody else's great I am too and and try to just become a Sparkly, uh, whatever. Uh, sparkly, I'm in a, a great big ball of sparklies. Uh, you don't have to do that. Once you understand the process of evolution and devolution, then then you can you can you can play the play the great game. You can play the game. You can you can you can uh, you, you you know that 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 that, that your God's inside you. And you know that that, that your that your your uh, other human beings have God inside them too, and it's a natural thing for human beings to 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 work together and to respect each other and to uh, you know to uh, to be uh, kind and compassionate. This this should be natural, and if it's not, you should strive to to. To spiritualize yourself to the point where you have these uh, these um, good qualities and, and and you have these these uh, these uh, spiritual attributes certainly. If you don't have them, then work toward, work work on yourself until you do, and keep going. But you don't have to give up your pers- your personal self. You perfect it. And you and and you move and you revere God certainly, and you take and you're charitable. Now, one thing you have to understand that that you cannot help other people by by completely impoverishing yourself. If you really want to help other people, then then help yourself first. Then become somebody that's capable of helping other people. Now. I'm not trying to sound like a. You know, I'm not trying to create a an Ayn Rand type type philosophy here because I don't. I think Ayn Rand's way too selfish, and and um, 
Um, I think that, that, you know, but then again, on the other hand, you know, look at the, would we actually have civilization and culture and would we have patterns of the arts? Would we have fine art and would we have uh, beautiful music and all of these various things, beautiful things that we have and these, these inspiring things, would we have these were it, were it not for people, successful people who have made these things possible? What if what if these people just said, "Oh, I I don't want to I don't want to be successful. Uh, I, I, that's 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 not Christian. That's not that's not uh, that's not uh, that, that's that, that's selfish. That's awful. What what a what a miserable world we would have. And and as it said, the Golden Dawn, uh, one of the Golden Dawn initiations, I think it's the neophyte, uh, that that unrestricted mercy allows evil to exist in the world, encourages evil. You know, I'm going to put this in a political vein right now, and and, uh, I'm sure that this is going to disturb some people, but I'm going to say this flat out. America is the greatest greatest country with the most most beautiful and uh, the most spiritual political-economic system that has ever been seen on the face of this earth, and... And if we lower our standard of living and and uh, and give up our power and give up our 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 standards of excellence and give up our influence in the world, it's not going to help the third world at all. This idea that we have to share everything equally that 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 uh, Somebody in the God knows off in some third world country, if there's one starving child, uh, that then we have to we have to impoverish or and 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 uh, and uh, um, uh, disempower the Americans because in order to make everybody equal, it's not going to help these people at all. The stronger and the more prosperous America is the better it is for all of the people in the world. How many, how many of us today can't see that? So what I am saying here is we have to realize that there is just as much bad and just as much evil in this business of, oh, give everything to the poor, and then we can't have poverty. We, have to, we can't have, and no one, everybody has to be happy, and we have to, this is this this can is literally creates more human misery, and so there. So forget, please. I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't have this this uh, the, the Christian martyr kind of view, but don't be a magician. And, and this is this is not not this is not the way of a magician. But you certainly can have, and I guess a, a magician should be. Like a knight, like a medieval knight. Oh, like we like to think a medieval knight was the way they romanticized themselves, or maybe not the way they were, but the way we romanticize medieval knights. And medieval knighthood was a direct mixture of pagan honor and Christian charity. Those two, because there's very little honor in pure Christianity, and there wasn't all that much charity in in pagan in pure pagan honor. So you put the two together. And then you have the way. And that is the way of the magician. That's the way of the magician. Charity is very good. But it's, as Nietzsche said, noblesse oblige. So you, you, you give to the poor and you help because you want to and you can and you're able to. No one should force you to. And if anyone forces you to, you, uh, you, that person is, is evil. If they force force charity is 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 an evil thing because it's usually used for evil purposes. When I say evil, I mean uh, uh, taking advantage of other people. Uh, that's what I define as evil. Other people define evil other ways. But when you take take unfair advantage of other people, that's 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 my definition of evil. Now. Um, I'm going to uh, read this chapter, this, uh, not a chapter, but this, this, um, this section out of uh, Elena Blavatsky's Secret Doctrine, because you got this idea of this, um, of this uh, Lemurian black magic that Basil's talking about. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, this is a couple thousand page book here. Oh, boy. Yeah, The Secret Doctrine. This is good stuff. Unless the first Atlantean races born on the Lemurian continent separated from their earliest tribes into the righteous and the unrighteous, into those who worshipped the one unseen spirit of nature, the ray of which man feels within himself, or the pantheists, and those who offered fanatical worship to the spirits of the earth, the dark cosmic anthropomorphic powers with whom they made alliance. These were the earliest Gabodium, the mighty men of renown in the Bible and Genesis, who became the fifth race of the Kabirum, the Kabiri, with the Egyptians and the Phoenicians, Titans with the Greeks, the Rakashis, and the Dayatyas of the Indian races. And such was the secret and mysterious origin of all the subsequent and modern religions, especially of the worship of the later Hebrews for their tribal god. At the time, at the same time, the sexual religion was closely allied to, biased, based upon, and blended, so to say, with astronomical phenomenon. And the Lemurians gravitated toward the North Pole, or the heaven of their progenitors, the Hyperboreans, and the Atlanteans toward the Southern Pole, the pit cosmic, cosmically and terrestrially, whence breathed the hot passions blown into hurricanes by the cosmic elementals whose abode it is. The two poles were denominated by the ancients as dragons and serpents, hence good and bad dragons and serpents, and also the names given to the sons of God, the sons of spirit and matter, the good and bad magicians. This is the origin of this dual and triple nature in man, the legend of the fallen angels and its esoteric signification contains the key to the manifold contradictions of human character. It points to the secret of man's self-consciousness. It is the angle iron on which hinges the entire life cycle, the history of his evolution and his growth. Well, I think in this case, we can say that Madame Blavatsky has, has spoken a profound truth, that we are the fallen angels, as she says. We are. And if we continue to devolve, we will be trapped in the mountains. In the same way as it is described in the Book of Enoch, that Mikael, Gabriel, and Raphael uh, actually chained the fallen angels into the caverns and mount under the mountains of the earth. What's meant by that is that they continued to devolve and didn't really need Raphael and, and Mikael and, and Oriel to do the chaining. They chained themselves. They continued to devolve. That was that's what's meant by that. And and that's what we don't want to do. We want to we want to say okay. Here we are. Let's 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 start evolving toward the light, but let's not go quite so fast. Let's take it easy and let's enjoy ourselves while we're going. Let's improve ourselves uh, using the Latin phrase "festino lente," make haste slowly. Because if we go the other way, it's going to get worse and worse. And if we go toward the light, it's going to get and it's going to get better, and and we're going to stay. We're going to, we're going to maintain our 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 health and our and our our beauty and our 
and our uh, our spiritual happiness and and our ability to take care of our to take care of our families and our and our people and whatever we're going to we're going to be good people we're going to be and we're going to get more and more godlike but let us not let us not seek so ardently to dissolve the very self power takes to do this and and is, is this this is not what the path of the magician is all about. So if you can understand, if you understand this razor's edge, one good way of looking at it is, if uh, those of us who are Masons, is the floor of a Masonic Lodge is black and white squares, like a chessboard. The floor is these black and white squares. And the idea of this is, is to move through, to cross these black and white squares, and end the game standing on a white square. That's what's meant by this. This is what is also meant by the, the what we continually say, that you can't have light without darkness and you can't have darkness without light. The two work together. And, and they hold yin-yang ideas of darkness and light. It's a combination of the two. And so, quite frankly... As you said, that the message, I believe, of the 20th path is move toward the light, perfect your, your the spiritual aspect within yourself, uncover it more and more, become more and more closer to it, but at the same time, don't, don't destroy yourself. Perfect yourself. Perfecting yourself is a great deal, a great deal more to be desired and more to be, to be, to be, uh, it is more positive in all ways than, that it is, than just dissolving, giving up, just saying, oh, oh, no, I just, I just want to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anything anymore, I'm just going to, going to be good and just, just give up and, and, and merge with the God and give everything I have to the poor and all of that. That's, well, if you want to do that, that's fine. Do it. I'm not saying it's not, it's not what you should do. But not if you're going to be a magician. If you're going to be a magician, that, 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 find something else. I mean, <laughs> find, 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 another, find another, another tree to climb. Because our tree, our tree is for, for people who want to be more than human. And, of course, obviously, if you're going to be more than human, you're going to be more than one human. You have to be. You have to to be able to identify with, and you have to be able to to um, empathize with and identify with other human beings. You gotta be. You you gotta you gotta become a, a less of a, a less uh, a prisoner of your own particular uh, bad habits and passions and, and you know and selfishness. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You need to spiritualize yourself, but not at the not at the point of losing your power, and not at the point of losing your individuality. Because if you do that, you lost the game, at least the magical game. And you don't have to be, as I say, you don't have to 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 consider yourself on the dark side or anything like that. The dark side, that that that, that you've automatically lost the game, as far as I'm concerned. If you if you if you go on the dark side. You lost the game because you're you're what you're doing is you're putting yourself you're you're purposely devolving and and what I'm trying to get across is that evolution devolution evolution devolution don't look at it from a moral point of view don't look at it from a, a, a Christian point of view don't just just look at it from a from the point of view of spirit going down in the matter at a certain point at a certain point the human being. Is not a contradiction. The human being is not a contradiction. The human being is a combination of matter and spirit. And the human being should always try to be a little more spiritual than material. You should always be, be moving a little more spiritually, but don't ever forget that you are a human being and you, 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 you are in the kingdom. And the kingdom, if you want to realize your potential as a human being, you need to to find your true will and do it. Be successful. Be be a be a contributing member of society. Be be all you can be. 
because they're still in the army. And uh, I, I hope that this help. I hope this can res- in some way resolve this this problem that we have. I know I know that the that um that uh, this is a problem that is in, has been. Uh, this is the downside of Christianity that we that we that we that I think the Hermetic philosophy overcomes. Uh, and, and this is the reason why I'm a Rosicrucian. I I wouldn't call I don't I don't like to call myself a Christian. I'd rather call myself a Rosicrucian. Anyway, this is um, this is uh, enough to chew on for tonight. I think. And uh, and remember that that has said is whatever paradise whatever paradise model you want you like and uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't fill it up with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, 16-year-old girls um, with cell phones like uh, like our uh, Muslim brothers. I'd, I'd have a paradise that, that's a little more meaningful. And uh, in the Hasset, to 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 uh, to uh, seek for or to to think you have evolved from and are evolving back toward. So next week, onward up the tree. And uh, the following week, uh, after that, we're, I think we'll have Joe Carson talking about the Indian Mysteries. And uh, meanwhile, good magic, and uh, we'll see you next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.